Hello and welcome to Great Ridge Station. I'm your host, Sam Helgerson, and I'm pretty much a fixture around these parts. Thanks for stopping in on your way through. Season 2, Episode 13. Years ago, in my younger days, I was into speculative fiction. Science fiction. You know, real space opera type stuff. Most of us SF geeks gave a lot of thought to what the future might look like. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Whoop, sorry, wrong genre. Over the years, I've spoken to a lot of people who love to speculate about what life might look like 20, 30, 40, 100 years from now. You know, pastors and church leaders often get the request, let's study Revelation. That's the book of the Bible that presents a picture of the last days, kind of as told through symbols and images. People love thinking about the future, whether it's good or bad. Over the years, I've been consistently surprised how people are interested in the future, but they don't seem to want to do anything about it. And no, I'm not trying to be snarky. A few years ago, I started to think about patterns and systems thinking, and it changed my view of the future. At some point, I'll dedicate a whole episode to systems thinking, but this ain't it. But I will say this, it taught me how to think way more broadly about things, to see things from other perspectives, and to anticipate without knowing. Now, that probably deserves a bit more explanation. There's a big difference between anticipating the future and knowing the future. To put it into other terms, I can know what to prepare for without knowing what's going to happen. So, what kind of tools do we need to be able to think about the future before it gets here? Well, let me give you a few strategies. These work whether you're a leader in an organizational setting of any size, an entrepreneur, a public servant in a government office, or just a guy in the Minnesota non-gender specific sense of the word. You can use this in your work and your day-to-day life right now. Best of all, you can use it for just about any circumstance that comes your way, big or small, any concern, whether mountain or molehill. Well, first, look at the situation that you're dealing with. Okay, let's get this over with. Start with the worst-case scenario. If the future goes very badly, what would that look like for this situation? And I mean, really think about it. You want to be able to answer that question, what's the worst that could happen? And if you don't know, figure it out. Let's be realistic here. This requires work. It's easy to get all gloom and doom and look at the negative side of things, but that can be completely uninformed. Do you really want to know what bad looks like? Do your research. What is, really, what is the worst case scenario? Write it down in some detail, because you're going to need that later. No, seriously, write it down and set it aside. Next, you need to look at the best case scenario. This is way more fun, but it requires all the work of the worst case scenario. If everything went perfectly, what is the best outcome that we could possibly imagine? Again, you'll need to do some research, figure out all the factors at play, and sort out how a good outcome would look. Most people, even leaders, have only the vaguest idea of what a good outcome looks like. If they saw it, they wouldn't recognize it. Why? Because they haven't taken the time to consider the elements that make up a best-case scenario. 
take the time, map it out, figure out all the places where things have to go all Goldilocks. You know, just right. I've used that term in relationship to, to leadership for a lot of years. Not too much, not too little, but just right, as in the children's story about Goldilocks. Does this seem like a lot of work for something that's unlikely? Well, why do you say it's unlikely? Stay with me. It's a lot of work, but in my experience, it's worth it. After you've gotten yourself through the worst case and best case scenarios, no, you're not done. Because your next step is to map out the most likely outcome. Because let's face it, life rarely falls into the worst case scenario. Life rarely falls into the best case scenario. It generally falls somewhere in between. And that's where this next piece comes in. What is the most likely? What outcome do you think will be the most logical fruit of all the variations and permutations that you've looked at? All things being equal, this is what is most likely to happen. Now, if you can master that, you're already miles ahead of other folks, or for our Canadian listeners, kilometers ahead of other folks. I have a couple of tools that I'll share with you during Season 4 that I think will help you sort through all of the unknowns. But for now, you already have a good grasp of it. As you might imagine, this is not where we stop. Even though it would be really easy to just hop off the train here and not think about it anymore. One of my jobs here is to encourage you to take an active role in life, work, and leadership. And so many people take life as it comes, a passive approach. This can quickly make people feel like they're victims of their circumstances. There's a lot of good stuff written about grit, resilience, and perseverance that I won't trouble you with uh, here. But you need to be aware of it. At some point, if you want to lead, you'll want to step up. And therein lies the problem. Without some effort, analysis, and thought, it's pretty difficult to know what stepping up looks like. Well, I'm here to tell you, and surprisingly, people tend not to talk about this. Now, pull out that worst-case scenario that we talked about a little bit ago. This one, we need to approach with some care. Ask yourself this question. What is it that's in my power to do that will let us avoid this outcome? If you have the idea that there's nothing I can do, uh, you have to get that idea out of your head. It might be difficult, it might have costs, but there's almost always something you can do. Then you have to work through the scenario and look at what process geeks call the inflection points. Put simply, where are the places that are open to influence? These are typically the balance points in a system, the decision points. See, those decision points are where the process is most open to outside influence, and it's your job to influence it. There are usually a lot of factors at play in any worst-case scenario. Your role is to intervene in any way you can to avoid the worst. This is not as difficult as it sounds, because only rarely are worst-case scenarios dressed up like a monolithic juggernaut. They're made of parts, situations, circumstances, relationships. The first step in doing something about the future is avoiding the worst case. Now at this point, look at your most likely scenario. What did you figure would be most likely to happen? 
See, this is the time to ask, how can I make this better? If the most likely really is most likely without intervention, how can you intervene and make the most likely even better? Seriously, I see leaders all the time who never take the time to think this through and figure out their own next steps. Let's put this in extreme terms. They never think through how to make the inevitable better. Now, once you've done that, let's call that your likely plus plan. Now, whip out that best case scenario. What happens when everything goes right? This is important. Now that you've looked at preventing the worst and improving the likely, it's time to look at the ideal. Look at that scenario and look for the same kind of inflection points that you saw in the worst case scenario. Where are the places where the system is most open to influence? Put together a plan to do what it takes to influence that best case situation. Ask yourself, what can I do to get us as close as possible to best case scenario? And map that out. Chances are good that some of your best case outcomes are already on your likely plan, but it's worth checking. You're going to want to build your action plan, your strategy around the things that you have learned through this process. Do what you need to do. Avoid as much as possible from the worst case scenario. Implement as much as possible from your likely plus plan. And augment that with as much as we can add to the best case scenario. That, my friends, is an action plan. Don't let yourself fall into the trap of thinking that nothing you can do will make a difference. That's a lie talking. Avoid the bad, seek the good, take action, and expect to thrive. Now, I need to say this because of whose I am. The Christian listeners need to be aware of the importance of prayer in this process. God can open our eyes to things that we might otherwise miss. As 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Don't forget that. Now, I mentioned this early on. This system works in almost any situation, whether you're a one-person shop or the leader of a large team. It doesn't matter if you're facing personal job instability or if you're thinking about your competitor's next move. It might be about the release of some new technology or solving quality issues. This is a versatile process. And yes, I use it all the time. I'm constantly running through these options, ticking through the possibilities, both good and bad. And rarely am I unprepared for change. Yes, it does happen, but thankfully way less often than it used to. Yes, I occasionally see things coming before anyone else. In fact, I've seen things coming before I even knew they were coming. I'll give you an example. Recently, I pushed to incorporate a new course into our strategic leadership program. Now, just so you know, I had nothing to do with writing it, so this isn't about me. But the material was really well received, and it became one of the courses shared with other programs. Now, it was only after we had accomplished that goal that we found out that the subject matter in that new course was going to be an accreditation requirement by 2022. Yes, we were ahead of the game, and that's the way I like it. See, I have to say, the best work that happens is not my work. 
I work with an incredibly talented group of people, and my job is to help them navigate down tracks that they never would have traveled before. When I'm doing my job well, other people are thriving. So, leader, don't take life by default. You can make a difference. In fact, it's your job to make a difference. So now, go, do that. Now, I did have one question that needs to be addressed because it comes up every time I talk about this material. What if new information comes to light? What if I find out that some of my assumptions were wrong? Well, my response to that, I'll give you a hearty, so what? You made your decisions based on the best information available at the time. And don't second guess yourself. That's a recipe for anxiety and you don't need that. I learned that bit of wisdom from my dad. That was one of the things that he really lived by. And I think it's important to remember, you can't go back and change the past. Make your decisions and don't second guess yourself. Which reminds me, if you are interested in having me speak to your organization, company leaders, planning team, church group, please reach out to me. You'll find my contact information on the show page. Thanks for joining us at Great Ridge Station. All content is developed by Dr. Sam Helgerson with appropriate citations of outside sources. Our sound engineer is Brick Martin. All background and bumper media is in the public domain and retrieved from archive.org. The opening music is from Guy Lombardo, Down by the River. The closing music is from Annunzio Montavani, Skyscraper Fantasy. Limited opportunities are available for supporting sponsorships. Contact information is available on our show page. I'm already looking forward to your next visit to Great Ridge Station. Bye-bye.